Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're very welcome to another episode of the Scaling Your Business podcast. I believe it's episode 182. I'm delighted to be joined by Podrick Power, the marketing manager for Refurbed. Podrick, you're welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. Chuffed to have you, man. Um, typical fashion of the show, first couple of minutes getting to understand who you are. Then we get into the real meat of the podcast. No different with you. From my research, I understand that you went to secondary school in Limerick. I did. Yes, I did indeed. I'm going to assume you grew up there. I did, yeah. <laughs> Take me back. What was life like growing up in Limerick? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm from Abbeyfield. I don't know if you'd know it. It's a, a small town on the, the Limerick-Curry border and most people would only know it because you have to go through it when you're going to Curry if you're coming from Dublin. So uh, all the, the dubs on their Killarney holidays would drive through. Yeah. Um, but from the middle, kind of the middle of nowhere, I, I live outside the town as well in the countryside. So Beautiful. grew up small town, big family. Um, not me personally. There's only myself and two sisters, but I've about... 60 first cousins I think there's around 60 of us so there's a there's a lot of us and then on my mother's side there was myself and um, six gals all the same age so the seven of us pretty much grew up together we were always in someone's house every day whether it was preschool after school at the nan's house stuff like that so from small town and grew up very closely with my cousins there fantastic childhood it sounds like it yeah so after growing up you went to uni, you stayed down in Munster, you went to UCC. This is an interesting question. So you studied your, your first degree, your main BSc was in in neuroscience. Yeah. You're in marketing. Help, yeah. me connect, help me connect the dots there. Yeah, so it was a, it's a bit of a strange one, all right. Um, but with regards to neuroscience, I've always been really interested in the brain and really interested in science. And I really liked that in secondary school. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know what, this will be a, a good shout now for college. So I was doing it. I did really enjoy it. Um, And the whole premise is supposed to be like improving uh, kind of cures or treatments for different neurodegenerative diseases. And I loved it. But then in final year, you got to do the actual practical implementation, which was in the lab. And for me, it was just so boring. Um, So I I was quite disappointed because it actually just ended up being a lot of microscope and petri dish work. And you just do like, one little thing and then you have to come back two weeks later or 24 hours later or whatever to like do another tiny little thing and it was just such a slow process and uh it was also something where there's no room for creativity so i did the course did enjoy it but i was like i can't work in this forever so i took a little bit of time out then um i went i lived in france for a year and just kind of you know got to know myself a bit better and then I was like yeah I, I really enjoy the science part but I was missing the creative part and the part where I got to kind of use my own instincts and then from my time out I thought I think business could be a good shout because there is a lot of data there there is a lot of uh, not necessarily science but scientific thinking and there's a lot of that that I could apply in a business sense and then I was like what in business would give me the creativity to apply that and I ended up with marketing then. So I did a master's in marketing and management, applied the two together and have loved it since. Interesting. I, I feel like we're a similar age and you're growing up in Limerick and I grew up in Meath, yet you studied something and then found out you weren't interested in it. I always wanted to be a hotel manager, worked in it, found out I wasn't interested in it. I also lived abroad in France as well. 
and I love creative, getting creative as well. So there's a lot of uh, similarities there. Before we move on, I want to ask a question around influence because um, there's usually a good answer to it. And the question is, people can usually point to a handful of people that had a positive impact on their early life. So like, you know, uh, primary school up to like finishing secondary school that had a massive impact on who they've become today, whether Mm -hmm. that's a, a teacher, an acquaintance, a family member. Does anybody in particular spring to mind for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think actually mine starts from just when I was like a proper kid and it's probably my immediate family. So what I have, it's myself, I'm the eldest and I have two younger sisters and my sister, like so the middle child, uh, she has a disability. So for myself, I was always, or I assumed the role myself of like taking care of her and protecting, you know, the little sisters and being the, the kind of leader there for the kids and the family. Um, and from that then, it very much kind of instilled in me uh, kind of, I don't know, a, a passionate and also protective nature. So if I want something now, I'm driven, I'm, I'm going to get it. But it was the same when I was younger. Anything with regards to what she wanted, I was like, well, I'm going to help her get it. I'm going to be, you know, there for her and stuff like that. So I think she kind of drilled that into me from a very young age, um, just the nature of kind of being self-sufficient and being like, no, 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 we're going to do things ourselves because she's really really good even though she has a disability she does so many things herself as well so it's just inspiring to see that and then I think as well how I mentioned I have so many cousins um I'm not a shy person and I think that's because there was the seven of us who basically were together at all times and you have to be loud to stand out in the crowd of seven when uh, you're all the same age and you're all in the one house or in someone's house um so I think the the boisterous nature and the kind of not afraid to to speak up came from hanging around my cousins all that time awesome what's your sister's name jessica jessica and then maria is my younger sister shout out to both of them jessica and maria and um, moving on to the work side of things there's a few uh, previous roles that i'd like to touch on two specifically mm-hmm. if you see me looking to my right on my screen it's just because i've got some notes there um land of pod you were a fashion blogger for a while you said that on linkedin it allowed you to set your creative spark alight so I know from getting blogs, podcasts up and running, the difficulty it is to get the attention of people to build that snowball effect. But also, that's not all that I do it for. I get a huge buzz out of the creative side of things, building my network. I'm sure you alike as well. Talk to me through some of the lessons learned throughout the journey of starting the the blog to ultimately where you ended up with the blog. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I suppose it actually fits in really well with the previous question of the neuroscience um, versus marketing and how I went in, because a lot of the time that I was doing the blog was in that interim. Uh, so I started it when I was in, I think, ending up like maybe third or fourth year in neuroscience. And then I was doing it in this space in between before I went into marketing. And that really helped me get that creative passion um, and realize that that's something that I really enjoy doing. Um, with regards to the actual blog itself and what I did it was all about fashion it was all about different styles celebrity things and stuff like that and I really like you exact same just really enjoyed the doing it myself and getting my own uh, fulfillment and enjoyment out of it and then I actually started getting followers and people started you know being really interested in it I featured in the Irish Times with it and I was like so excited by that and RSVP magazine as well and it was really starting to kind of 
grow to an extent but it is a lot of work as well as you would know to do any sort of a blogger I can only imagine a podcast and everything like that um but where it kind of I'm still really interested and every now and again I do with some of my own personal profiles but where it it faded then for me was that it did its purpose of letting me know that the creative thing is what I was missing and then I went back and I did my master's in marketing and I got to match everything and go into marketing from there but it was a really really good outlet to kind of teach me what I wanted to work in to teach me how my brain works and to teach me what I get enjoyment in because I couldn't just work a job that I I didn't enjoy I think I go insane (laughs) I like that I do um the other role that I was going to touch on was the health services staff credit union you spent some time there a couple of years actually uh two highlights that stood out to me were uh, you grew membership by 47.5%, reaching over 59,000 members and issued over 10 million in loans in one calendar month on multiple occasions. And in brackets, I have Ireland's first credit union to do so. So I'm sure that the three plus years you spent here, you improved a lot of skills, perhaps behavior, your attitude may have changed. Talk me through some of the skills or behaviors in that period that you learned that you carried with you to today's role which we're going to talk about in a minute refurbed yeah absolutely um i think one of the main things for me that i learned in the skill set in uh, hssu was the uh, persuasion or the the kind of art of talking to people in other departments and actually having your input there having valuable input and seeing how you can convince others that this is a good idea or this is the option to go down or the route to maybe even just a look at and assess and see how we can improve here um for me i was the youngest member of the management team by far like the most people that i was working with um on the management level would have been in their 50s um now there were some younger but most people would have been and most people would have also worked there for maybe 20 years or more sometimes so with that there's obviously so much experience they have in their certain departments in their field and there was so much then that I wouldn't have had in the in a financial sphere but I was coming in with these like enthusiastic ideas let's do this this would be great and reflecting back I stand by all my ideas and everything but I was probably a bit of an energizer bunny um so one of the things that I needed to learn was okay, you have this amazing idea, but before we run off now talking to everybody, how about we sit down and just put a case of data together for it so that when we go to these people who have 20 years more experience and who've been in the company for this immense time, Mm. that we can really show a full, solid case and it it doesn't come off as like, oh, this would be a nice idea. It's like, no, this is a fully founded, factual piece of information that would be really good to implement for our customers. So that's something that um, I learned because, I mean, ideas are amazing and I'm I'm very much an ideas person still in my current role. I'm always throwing ideas out there. But if it's something that I'm like, okay, I think this is actually something we should pursue. I now will make sure I have my full case of data every single time. And that's when I approach it or bring it up to people. I think it's a good skill set to learn. For sure. Very smart. Your current role, marketing manager at Refurbed, you'll do a much better job at telling the audience what Refurbed is than I will. So the mic is yours. 
Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so Refurbed is a platform for refurbished devices. Uh, currently, it's refurbished tech devices is what we have here in Ireland. And essentially, we all know like what tech is, like your smartphones, your laptops, tablets, audio, everything like that. So we sell all of those um, types of devices, but we refurbish them, which means originally they would have been a new device from an original manufacturer. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of the devices that we have then would have gone to large businesses such as Stripe or, or other like that, uh, other businesses like that. And then they have internal policies where every year or every two years, they actually call all of the devices and do like bring in new devices for all of their staff. And what used to happen was those would just get thrown away. So it was unnecessary e-waste, unnecessary carbon production, because you're only using the product for like a year or two and then it's gone. And it was just a, a big waste and really, really bad for the environment. So what happens now is we'll get those devices. They go through a 40 step refurbishment process with our merchants. So that includes data cleansing, component testing, changing, sterilizing the phones, everything, uh, cosmetics even, and they'll make sure that the product then works exactly like new. It goes through a very, very rigorous testing uh, process, and then it's sold via our platform. So the reason it was set up is for sustainability kind of purposes. Uh, so when you look at the, the carbon footprint and emissions of a new phone versus a refurbished phone, for example, the refurbished phone has 70% less emissions, so then it's only 30%, which still we weren't very happy with. So we also plant a tree for every device sold, which actually offsets the additional 30%. So the refurbished market basically offers cheaper products that are sustainable and at refurb we go the extra mile to make them 100% sustainable. So that's the whole premise behind it. I love this. And, and I'll leave a link to your website down below because it's certainly worth checking out. Uh, the prices are actually legitimately good prices. I checked out a few few things that I've bought before um, and compared them. Uh, anyone scrolls through your LinkedIn, a word will stand out and that is sustainable. Why is that so important to you? Yeah, sustainability is really important to me, even just in more so in the last number of years, I think. Um, I've always been someone who I would say I'm quite ethical or like in my family, uh, they'd probably say I'm quite annoying, but I'm the one who's like, no, we shouldn't do that. No, we should try and do this. This is better. Um, and it's just something that I've, I've always kind of had with me. But I suppose, as we've seen in the last number of years, sustainability has become more of a thing in Ireland and in the world. And there's a bigger light being shed on it. And one of the reasons that made me so passionate about it then was learning that there's actually a lot of easy solutions as to how we can be more sustainable because I think a few years ago it was just this random word like oh yeah lovely that'd be great but sure we can't do that so that's that sounds very difficult but now it's like no there's a lot of businesses where you can be more sustainable where you can just make these minor changes that actually have no impact on your life but will impact the environment in a positive way yeah um, and I think kind of even going back before that I'm just all, and maybe this links back to my, the first answer as well with my sister, but I've always been somebody who needs a cause. So even with the credit union, one of the reasons I really enjoyed working there was because it was for the community and it was about environment, uh, or not environment, sorry, 
It was for the, the community empowerment, that's the word I'm trying to think of. And it was about financial empowerment for the community. And it was a nonprofit organization. And we were doing things to help people become financially stable themselves. Mm. So I loved that. But then when Refurb came along and I was able to do it on like a much larger scale for the world and the environment, I was like, yeah, this is definitely a good fit for me. So I want to talk to you about growth plans because... I see that you're already in 1% of Irish households, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal because you're only in business in Ireland for a year, just over a year. Yeah. Talk me through what the next kind of 12 to 18 months look like from your side of things. I know when people look at growth plans, they look at keeping hold of current customers so that they can refer to uh, their network of fan, friends and families and potentially fans if, they're, if they have a following to partnerships is becoming a non-negotiable for some investors when they're investing in companies now they want to see how companies are going to develop partnerships for you what does the next 12 to 18 months of growth look like yeah absolutely um so i mean the, the two points you just mentioned are 100 on the radar so with regards to um net promoters so your your customers who promotes their family and friends and also your returning customers that's something that we're seeing growing consistently every single month. We're at a point now where for both of those, actually, we're over 20%. So 20% of our monthly sales, so one in five, is now a returning customer, which is great because we've only been here a year and it's tech. So, you know, people don't need to change their phones every year. So um, we're seeing people coming back for other categories. A lot of people start with a phone and they're like, oh, yeah, this works really well. I actually need a laptop or my kid needs a, a device for college. And now they're starting to come back to us and purchase from us. And aside from that as well, we have our um, internal surveys with our customers. Where do they hear from us? You know, how, how do they get referred? And over 20% of those are family and friend members as well. So for that, it's really important that we continue to improve the customer experience. Uh, we continue to already, we already have a really good one, I think. But just test, 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 improve, see what we can do there. Um, with regard to strategic partnerships, Definitely on the cards as well. We do have a partnership which will be coming this, no, this quarter is almost over. So it'll be next quarter, I believe, but it will be um, our first Irish partnership, which I'm really excited about. I can't say who yet or anything like that, but it's something that we're, we're very excited to do. Mm-hmm. And something that I really want to get instilled there because we still are only in Ireland for a year at this point. And when you do partnerships like that, and when you do them with other companies that have the same values, it ultimately just strengthens both companies, but also strengthens the sustainable message, which is what we're all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then aside from that, what we're continuously doing or what I'm continuously pushing is increasing our product portfolio. Uh, so only this week, we just um, launched that we have gaming consoles on the platform now. So now we have like your, your PS4s, your Nintendos, Game Boys, everything like that, which we didn't have before in Ireland. And then there's three other categories that I'm currently trying to push that we start getting more stock in, which would be like cameras and household devices and stuff like that. So I'm really trying to make sure that any tech need an Irish consumer would have, that they'll be able to have a sustainable refurbished option there and that we're not going to be kind of, number one, missing out on those potential customers, but number two, letting the Irish customers down and the fact that they come to us looking for tech and we don't have it. I would hate that. So I'm consistently trying to improve the product portfolio. So I can understand from the like 
iPhone side of things, you know, Stripe get all their employees iPhones. They get a new iPhone two years later. You get those old iPhones. Let's say there's 500 employees in Ireland to get one. There's 500 for you. From a PS4, are you going to the likes of Smiths and saying, we'll take back any of the uh, PlayStations? Or are you going to, like, where are you going to to get bulk? Or is it one by one by one? Is it a different strategy? Yeah, so it would be slightly different. Um, The stock obviously wouldn't be as plentiful as iPhones because like you said they you know they kind of turn a lot faster with businesses like that but for the most part for products such as gaming consoles they either would be um, display models that were in stores that they decided then they're not going to you know to actually sell or sometimes with some of our refurbished devices it could be a product that somebody bought and then they returned it due to a minor fault or due to some sort of issue usually within the first month after getting it mm-hmm. and then the store is just like right okay she will throw this away whereas we're like no hold on we've the expertise to make this work just exactly as new so then we'll get those devices fix them make sure they work perfectly and then have them as a refurbished device so anywhere we can save something that would have been thrown out and we can make sure that it works perfectly we're going to do that as you're part of a scaling company i'm sure you uses you use some tech whether to communicate or to process payments what's a tool that you as a marketing manager can't live without that's a very good question actually um i I really do like looker uh it's just it's a dashboard have you you heard of it now no so it's more say more sales and data and analytics but it's really really helpful i check it every single day basing obviously all of our sales our revenues everything like that but also who's buying what products what products are doing well this past week versus this past month and you see a lot of changes so when i started the iphone 8 was our best seller that was only six months ago and you'd be really surprised like i was surprised like the iphone 8 why is that yeah. our best seller um but it's because people loved that it was a smaller screen and it was the last iphone with the home button which a lot of people really missed um yeah. but that was our bestseller and now in just the six months I think it's like number six or seven so it changes constantly so me to have an eye with looker and see okay what are people currently interested in what's happening here what is improving this improving you know everything like that it's really really helpful because it gives good insight onto what you should be promoting and what your customers are interested in and also it's quite helpful as well when you do your website tests if you can try them on certain products or certain categories and then if you see they're climbing dropping staying neutral it's really good to see okay this has worked or this is something now that we can mimic and put somewhere else uh so it's more the data side um but i really enjoy that too it's interesting i've never heard of it i'm gonna have to check it out um one more final question for you but before we go there i'm gonna leave links to your website your social accounts and, and your own personal LinkedIn. If there's anything else you want me to include, drop me a message and, and I'll make sure to include it. But mm-hmm. but but to wrap things up, um, if you were a minister for education and you had to add a mandatory subject to the secondary school curriculum, what subject would you add and why? Yeah, I saw I saw this question in one of your previous ones. I was like, that's a that's a tough question. Um, but I suppose I have kind of a two pronged answer. If that's okay, please. Yeah, cool. Okay, perfect. So from um, from everything I've said and from like the company I'm working in and everything, obviously sustainability and an environment is so important. So I definitely think that should be a mandatory topic and a mandatory class. I don't necessarily think you know, we should have like leading search exams on it, but I think that it should be something that is not just, oh yeah, it's up to the teacher. It's up to a certain type of class if they want to push this. 
I think it's something that in this day and age, it should be mandatory and everybody should be learning about it. Mm -hmm. But then on a separate personal scale, our personal side of things, I really think the Irish education system, um, similarly, don't know if it should be an exam subject, but the system lets us down in regards our career planning and finances and everything like that. I know coming from the countryside, from a small town, it's very much the mindset of like, oh yeah, be a teacher or a guard and you're set for life. And that's amazing. They're great jobs, great careers, but it's not the case that it was 30 years ago where they were like the highest paying jobs in the country and this is what you need to do. And I think it's really important to kind of sit down with people and say, before you go to college now, here is like a, a plan. The housing has never been more expensive. Cars have never been more expensive. You need to be financially stable. You need to be financially viable. So what do you enjoy and what are the options that will financially allow you to do that? Because I think a lot of the time now, it's just kind of looser career guidance and just based on what you enjoy. But there's no real foundation for if that's going to give you a sustainable lifestyle and working in the financial industry as well. I've seen that a lot of people are let down by that um, and particularly people who don't have the option to go to college or do a master's. When are they going to learn about all of these things if they're not going to learn about it in school? So I think that should definitely be added in. Totally with you on the on both of them, the sustainability and the career guidance side of things. Um, I do think that the career guidance, some of that is a generational thing and that we'll get away from that as the next generation and the next generation comes because our generation i'm guessing we're kind of both in our late 20s is uh looks at the their work life completely different than let's say our grandparents would yeah yeah no 100 i mean myself i work from home like 99 of the time i absolutely love it whereas my parents then think like oh yeah you're sitting down watching tv every day is that all you do I'm like no <laughs> it's just a different style of working but like you said i think it's a, a generational thing apology power from refurb it's been a pleasure spending the last 25 30 minutes with you i wish you and refurb continued success and as i said i'll leave links to everything below in the comment section where you're listening or watching to this but for today thanks for being my guest Perfect. Thank you so much, Rena. Absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed that. Beautiful morning. Beautiful summer, my morning, babe.